0: in free bets if either team hits a three in any nba playoff game visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions 21 years of age or older to wager washington dc only new customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700
1: We're live from the Slammys. (laughs) No, I'm sorry, the (laughs) Sammys. It's corner-to-corner wrestling radio right here at C2CRadioShow.com and NewAttitudeMedia.com as well. And it is, hey, there he is. It's uh, Sammy Zane. Uh, I guess he was a little upset that he did not win the Sammy for best wrestler. If it's your own award show, Brian, don't, don't you have to win? Apparently not.
2: (laughs) Okay, Uh, I'm just making sure I understood. (laughs) I don't know who packed the card, but um, yeah, I mean, you can lose on your own uh, own award,
3: apparently.
1: (laughs) Sammy is so hated, he doesn't even win his own award from himself. (laughs) He's just being
3: generous and allowing other people to have the spotlight since he is a number one. You know, he is Canada's number one import.
1: Wow. Okay, that, um, Canada's number one import. I didn't see that coming. As you can hear, folks, that's (laughs) Rob Hefner. That's Brian Taylor. I'm Stan Grubb. And of course, we're live. TLC is going on right now. All three of us have it going on. Now, you may hear a couple of points where one of us are a little bit ahead, a little bit behind. But we're watching it as it happens, as it goes down. We're headed into the tag team, women's tag team championship match as Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler will defend against Asuka and a mystery partner as apparently Lana is injured.
2: Yeah, so is this just Lana under a mask or something?
1: Lana Lucha? Lucha Lana! <laughs> wow.
3: Well. I mean, this whole storyline is the exact opposite of what they did with Alexa Bliss and her, what, a, three years, two years ago? Where Alexa Bliss was the bully who came out and made fun of Nia. So now is the bully.
1: Well, if you remember, even during that storyline, they tried to play it up like uh, Alexa was the bully, but even though even though Nia was the one doing all the, the damage— was literally physically abusing Alexa at every twist and turn, was the bully, but there you know. Be a star. Don't be a bully. And I like oh, how
3: sure. they Shayna Baszler punk out the raw music. Oh!
1: I forgot about that spot.
3: Damn.
2: So uh, you should let, let them know you're watching a video package. <laughs> leading
1: into the uh match there. So, that's right. So we've got the 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 obligatory <laughs> recap video before the matchup, you know, the 5 minute long this is what really went down before we got here because wrestling fans apparently have the worst memories in the history of the world. Um at least WWE fans. So, we're seeing how Lana got hurt and apparently will not be able to compete tonight. So, who will so, be Asuka's partner?
2: Yeah, but here's a question. All right. If Lana hurt her leg, right, why, why was her head for? strapped to the, yeah, to the gurney? That's,
1: that's messed up because I thought C it was her arm. Line, <laughs> yeah.
2: Her. <laughs> like, literally, she's got two straps across her head.
1: I, I thought, thought it
2: was her arm. The neck.
1: I really thought it was her arm. Like I thought they busted her shoulder up or something. So oh,
2: it was her leg because <clears throat> they had her leg bent back when Nia dropped her, It gave the big leg drop on it.
3: Oh, Shayna, you got to share the spotlight, okay?
2: <laughs> All right, so ready? Because uh, yeah, this I don't I don't know how much talking this will produce here but just to keep the show moving top she five finishers of all time
1: top five finishers of all time as we wait an eternity for naya who should not be wearing that outfit to make it her way to the ring uh top five finishers of all time hmm
2: yeah your top five finishers damn or rob whoever wants to go first
1: i need a second let's let rob go first rob top five buddy
2: <laughs> the so sleeper Ooh, the okay. sleeper put
3: on the by DDP, who? The DDT. Put
1: Who's
3: the sleeper on by? Oh, it's, uh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> Ted did the sleeper.
1: Oh, the okay. Million Dollar Dream, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite iteration of the sleeper, I think. That and the Kata Jaime, the Taz Mission.
3: Um, let's see, the DDT Jake Roberts. There you go. Mm. Andy Savage's elbow from top rope.
1: Okay. Iconic um, ones.
3: Ric Flair's figure four. And number five. I just like it's I don't know if it was his finisher, but I just always liked Iron Anderson's spine buster.
1: Damn right. Damn right.
3: i say that was a i f I'd say that was probably his finisher.
1: Yeah, that's that was between that and his in the DDT. He did the Gord Buster for a while, but it was usually the DDT or the Spine Buster that Arn would hit. Uh okay, I'll go next. Um hmm top 5 finishers. Uh top number 5 would be the Frankensteiner that Scott Steiner used to do in tag teams. Oh, yeah. Man. That. That's a bit cool. When that head would hit the mat, you'd be like, Oh, that's done." You're done. Um,
3: yeah, I remember TJ tried to hit one. Oh,
1: yeah, that didn't wow. go too well for him. <laughs> oh.
3: Did in
2: that in that when is that when y'all y'all split that boy kid and he bled like a sieve?
1: Careful, careful. He's one? he's built like a brick shit house now, so he'll probably be. Well, yeah, but I don't <laughs> have to worry about it. I didn't cut
2: him open. You two did.
1: Uh no, he did that hard way. <laughs> well,
2: I know, I know that's what I'm saying was. Was that that incident? The yes, that was. You <laughs> split <laughs> your younger brother.
1: <laughs> he thought he was Rey Mysterio, and Rob's like, nah, I'm Sid. No. <laughs>
3: no, he thought he was Rey Mysterio. He didn't say it. So I'm like, what are you doing? Bam. Whoops. Oops. And here's the mystery
1: partner. Well, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. Looking good. Charlotte looks good. Yeah. Let's see how that's, she.
2: That's why I'm, I'm kind of mesmerized.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was a little caught up. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was watching her come to the ring. Like, wow, she looks good. Uh, hopefully, the the Botox yeah, that she like had done teeth. previously. Yeah, like her your, teeth her are a her little off putting. Way too white. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Romans, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little off putting. <laughs> You've had crappy looking teeth for like decades. <laughs> you come to the ring and it's solid white. You're like, um.
3: Yeah, okay. She had to do something on the four months she was home. Yeah.
1: Hopefully, hopefully she well, performs she had up them to Charlotte. Before
3: she left,
2: but yeah, it wasn't too long before she left. Four Crayola she should create down. a new color, a new crown. Teeth white. Charlotte white. <laughs> white teeth. White.
1: white teeth flare. You know, white
3: teeth flare. <laughs> she, has, uh, um, she has a new endorsement by Colgate.
1: Oh, pff, nice. All right, so let's see. I said the Frankensteiner was number five. The, t- the torture rack was always a favorite of mine. Oh,
3: nice.
1: It always looked good. It looked like it hurt like hell. Um, and it just, it, it was just cool. Um, the Didn't power Mike bomb. You up in the torture rack? Yes, and it always hurt. Always hurt. <laughs> Mike, Mike could hit the stunner, which is still not a favorite finisher of mine, but was He would kick you, and, and literally it was like what Steve Austin said. He'd hit the kick to the dick and hit you with the stutter because he couldn't get his foot high enough to hit you in the stomach. So it was always a nut shot that he took a stutter. But or, he
3: brought you down like he grabbed you and break, oh he dropped.
1: Oh, my God. Um, let's see. So I said the Frankensteiner, the torture rack, um, the power bomb. And I've, always, I mean, I who? You gotta
2: tell. Oh, uh,
1: Diesel, who? the jackknife, not Kevin Nash when he got to WCW. But I'm talking Diesel, because to that, to that end, it, it, I know that I'd have to put that as a tie between him and Vader, because they just looked the best. Like Vader, Vader could powerbomb you, and you were you were not getting up. And Nash, at the time when he when he was Diesel, the jackknife was a devastating finish. Um, so let's see. That's three.
0: <sighs>
1: um, uh, I wanted to put another submission in there because, I mean, for me, I already know what my top one is and it's predictable for you guys, but I guess my,
0: Super cat.
1: I mean, hey, you can't go wrong with sweet chin music. You really can't. Um, hmm, damn. Brian stumped us all. We're not even 10 minutes in the show. We are just at 10 minutes. But uh pick two more. I know, I know. Uh, so, let's say... Actually, one more. Well, I've never seen anyone else do it, and everybody tells me they don't remember, and they don't know who the guy was, but a tiptoe DDT, which we saw at a house show back in, like, the 90s. No one's ever Star done Boy, it since. was a Patriot kid. It was the Ninja Warrior, Ninja Warrior, and oh, thank you for that. Hello, Um, damn it, Brian, you're distracting me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then of course Shawn Michaels, sweet shit, music. Uh,
2: Yeah, I. I Uh, Oh, so you get to pick six then, huh? No, I thought it was
1: five. Did I pick? Did I pick more? I'm sorry. Yeah,
2: could you? I think because you threw the DDT in there.
1: Oh, well, I have a heart I mean, yeah, Tipton so DDT was your amazing. Your
2: super kick doesn't count.
1: Damn well, it! a shame. No! You did not thank your favorite wrestler. Oh, sorry, Finisher Stan. <laughs> you did not worth this in the form of a question. <laughs> we will penalize more you. More reason.
2: Yeah, more reason for him to leave an autograph <laughs> in early. When that you're bastard. Coming.
1: That Stan Grubb, what a son of a bitch. Doesn't even like my move.
2: As he's looking two different
1: drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Sean over here. <laughs> Who's talking to me? <laughs> you know when they, because you know they're gonna do a DX reunion here. The next one they do, somebody should really call them on that. <laughs> oh my
2: God, gee, no! There's no way you could do it. Why do it? Why? Why put us
3: through that thing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> again? <laughs> again. Yeah. We loved DX for us? a time, and now it's like, no, come on, man, just put them away. <laughs> Stop,
3: guys. Well, it's kind of like, well. Like, you know, a certain number of them work for WWE, so they're like, hey, we don't have any programming tonight, so guess what? Right it's the same way they used to do the, the, the raw the flashback raw. You know, oh yeah. Because most of them were working as A. Oh, so whew. they're like, oh hey. Mm. That looks like it hurts.
1: That is a nasty little wrist lock. Shayna right now has Asuka's hand just all kinds of contorted and twisted. Ugh. That's uh, I will say so far TLC has not been a bad bad uh, pay per view. So far, uh,
2: what happened before AJ and uh, the the Triple Threat there? Drew AJ and Miz. Uh, give us a rundown, Mike.
1: Yeah, yeah, no yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll get to Brian's top five here in just a moment. Um, started oh, wait. the night. Wait, go ahead.
2: I was going uh, no, go You, you go. wanna do
1: yours first or you want me to just do no,
2: rundown? Uh, I'm just trying to distract you. What was the You sent Sheeta at rundown? me. <laughs>
1: yeah, what's the rundown? <laughs> Alright, so we had
3: It doesn't matter what the rundown <laughs> is. Son
1: of a God <laughs> Dad son of a <laughs> Dirty Rotten <laughs> Where's my damn uh uh Jimmy Chase Carl <laughs> Griswold moment. Rotten, no good, lying 4 flashing dickless, son of a <laughs> <laughs> Greatest hey, movie talk of all about time. That's not like hey, hey, see that's just mean. All right, so the pre-show had uh, Big E, Daniel Bryan, Otis, and Chad Gable beating, uh, Sami Zayn, King Baron Corbin, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Cesaro. Excuse me, Cesaro. Um,
3: but Daniel Bryan's like how far I've fallen. Uh,
1: it sounds to me like Daniel Bryan is trying his hardest to transition. Into a backstage role, it's it's crazy to think that a few less than three years ago, we were of the mindset that we would never see him perform in a wrestling ring again, <clears throat> and now he's actually nearing his probably his legitimate retirement. Um, which hey, guy got to come back, win the title, have a great run, and you know Make
3: one of the probably one of the coolest belts that we've seen.
1: Definitely one of the most different belts I've ever seen. Whoa, it's a lot of gold. Yeah, that's... uh, Okay. Uh, (laughs) TLC started off... um, Ooh, good Lord, don't need to see that. Uh, TLC started off with a TLC match for the WWE Championship. AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre. Uh, Great run-in. And then The Miz comes in to cash in, turns it into a triple threat TLC match only to lose, and Drew McIntyre to successfully retain. In the process of that, we get to see Omos, O-M-O-S, um, take a chair shot to the back where the chair just shatters. It was a steel chair, and it just splinters into pieces. Oh, oh, oh
3: This is Sarah's
0: O'Reilly Auto Parts story. Driving cross-country with two young children is ambitious, <laughs> to say the least. Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts, and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They
2: referred us to a great mechanic just down the street, and we were back on the road in no time.
0: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Um, it was a great visual. We talked about it early on, thinking it's kind of a gimmick shot, but still, it just looked great. There's... If they keep doing, oh, the are work flare backstage. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> kind
2: of. her knee that, buckles. That doesn't look good. Well, not just her knee, but her ankle. Oh,
1: ooh, oh, oh I, too. I am behind you guys, but yeah, I just saw it. Damn, Nia Jax just, uh, she may need a, need a minute. <clears throat> that looks like it hurt a Charlotte lot. Charlotte has thinned out. She sure has. Andrade's I mean, got to working hard.
3: She's up, but
1: yeah. Um, so AJ loses, almost ends up being the spotlight there. The, the, the really, the big high spot, uh, drew retains. I don't know where they're going next with this, but we're going to talk about that a little bit further on because there's a rumor going around about what WWE's direction is going to be starting at the Royal Rumble. SmackDown women's championship was next. Carmella loses to Sasha Banks. Great matchup between these two. Uh, Sasha wins by submission. And then, of course, the match Hope
2: that... is busted in the mouth, it looks like. Maybe.
1: Um, well, let's see. And she just took a moonsault from Charlotte from outside, yeah, or from inside like to out.
2: Or, it, or is that just dark makeup? Maybe that's just makeup. My bad.
1: It kind of does look like it, but it might just be her lipstick. I think it's just yeah. her lipstick. All right, so uh, going for – that
3: boot was powerful (coughs) to take Charlotte
1: out. Oh, my goodness. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) She just didn't have it in her. She couldn't do it. Ouch, a lot of elbows to the head. Uh, Let's see here. Hurt Business defeats the New Day to win the Raw Tag Team Championship. That was the match that ended as we came on the air. Um, It is good to see Shelton and Cedric get a a shot there and actually have a, a standout role.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, It's just kind of interesting. I wonder what they'll do with New Day next.
1: Well, and this was the, this is the drawback from breaking up or spreading out the New Day, is you're only going to have so much more things you can really do with them now.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh! Nice little combination of spots there between Charlotte. Oh, what the hell? Oh. Uh, Shayna going for the to Clutch misses into a small package oh what is that a four count what the hell alright um, so we, of course we're in the middle of the women's tag team championship and as we were headed to this and Brian said hey let's do the rundown it's time for Brian to actually get his top five finishing moves of all time wait what Where's, where's your top five, sir? Your I'm top, on my five. top five. Yeah. Oh, Ric Flair.
3: Ric Flair. <laughs> <No, laughs>
2: Bret Hart. No, no, Ric Flair.
1: No. <laughs> man, I oh. hadn't even
2: thought about Bret Hart, but hey, thanks for throwing him in there, bud. Um, Damn. Not, I'm not going to use. I, I don't know if I'll use him. I'll
3: keep him down somewhere down the line. So now she is the champ.
1: <laughs> wow. Champ. Champ. Oscar dual champs. <laughs> I don't,
3: I don't, I don't particularly care for dual champs. I don't because I think that the women's tag belt was brought in to give other women a chance to shine, yep. and yeah. they're doing the exact opposite of what it's meant to be.
2: All right, so here's my prediction: WrestleMania, Charlotte versus Oscar. No oh, Jesus. I think I think the writing is on the wall <laughs> right here tonight. Damn you. Damn you. And Charlotte will be the bad guy.
1: Again? Yeah,
2: Charlotte will be heel on that. I mean, Asuka beat her, right? Or no, wait, no.
1: How'd they go? Asuka's beating her. She's beating Asuka. She broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She beat Asuka at WrestleMania,
2: correct. Okay, yeah. So, or maybe Asuka goes bad. Maybe it's the other way. Maybe Asuka wants her revenge at WrestleMania.
1: I would be okay with Oscar being the bad guy in that situation. <clears throat> kind of flip the script.
2: Yeah. Anyway, so, so here we go. So, uh, and this is no particular order. Y'all didn't have to put him in order.
1: Oh, see five. now, of course, the rules RV change. Jeez,
2: oh, I, I just wanted to hear five. I never. <laughs> he
1: we said Harvey Whippleman. What did he even have a finish?
2: A <laughs> bastion booger. That Braun Strowman portion, the 2020.
1: That's just nasty. Okay, am, am, am right, I going to be that 20, fat fan no. that says this is kind of like uh, in poor taste?
2: <laughs> oh, and then there's Roman Reigns getting involved. Everybody's just beating up poor 2020.
1: Oh, 2020 taking an ass whipping. Ouch. Damn, Bailey. Cena hasn't been here in, like, three years. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's funny.
2: <laughs> so, uh, let's, let's go Undertaker's Tombstone.
1: Ooh, okay. <clears throat> um,
2: Road Warrior's Doomsday Device.
1: Nice. Good pick.
2: Yeah. yeah, I did. That was pretty cool. Um i so cool. I'm, I impressed myself. <laughs> uh, I have to go with the uh, double drop kick from the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah.
1: You know that was a at the time when they were on top. That was an innovation that we never saw anywhere else.
2: Yeah. Which is you crazy know, Bobby, to think about it. Eaton could drop a good elbow too.
1: Oh, his leg drop was tremendous. The Alabama Jam. Yeah.
2: Um, but,
1: not but I'm, a, I'm, not <laughs> I'm not putting yeah, him in there. Yeah, he's not putting him in there. I'm just
2: distracting y'all.
1: All right, come on it's what
2: It's what we in the biz like to call filler.
1: <laughs> You're not supposed to <laughs> tell I mean, them it's I filler. Mean, They're I mean, supposed to think, I mean, gosh, I mean, these guys are so oh. inventive. <laughs> Damn <laughs> it. Mean, is it? Uh, that was, uh... He said the Tombstone, he said yep. the Double drop kit the Doomsday Device. So you got two more.
2: Three. Man. Uh, I kind not have to do it. I, I don't really want to go here, but uh, the Hogan Leg Drop.
1: Holy crap. Yeah. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: I'm going Hogan Leg Drop.
1: I mean, and then did... we're
2: going to use the Claw from the Von Erich.
1: Ah, Yes.
2: The claw, the claw. He will take you.
1: <laughs> and the
2: only reason why I bring it up is, you know, uh, I guess they mentioned it. What aw last week mm-hmm. with Kennedy, or maybe the week before? The Kennedy finisher has only been kicked out of one time.
1: The one winged angel has only been kicked out of once. Once, um, and that was. Was it Mox that kicked out of it, or was it Okada?
2: No, it was earlier. I think it was a lot earlier in his career. I
1: love Um,
2: I don't remember. They said who, but I don't remember. It, it wasn't recent. It hadn't been recent. So, it just... it To me, it's kind of cool, because his finisher is kind of like the way they did it old school. Mm-hmm. You know, Jake, the snake hit you with the DDT. You weren't really kicking out of it yeah you know so it's, that's to me that's kind of cool that uh, they're protecting that finisher like that mm-hmm. which you know finisher should be protected thank you so but yeah so i just figured out throw it out there you know for some people that may not know who we're talking about Go check out on YouTube, the WWE
3: Network, and
1: mm-hmm. check
3: out what finishers really are. <clears throat> or what they don't know what a finisher is.
1: Right, right, because they think a super yeah. kick is just part of what uh, the Young Bucks do.
2: Hey, you We're shut your mouth, have... man. I didn't tell you to go that far. <laughs> We're supposed to have
3: 16 F5s? What? <laughs> yeah. You know Robin what, though, is supposed to get his ass beat every all match and from pillar to post, and all of a sudden in the last five minutes perk up like.
1: You know who you blame. Superman for, punch. You know who you blame for WWE. Oh, damn, I just gave it away. You know who you blame for finishers not mattering anymore, and that's WWE.
3: I would also say it's the new genre of what's going on in the other yeah. super kicks too, because of the like you said, the fifteen super kicks and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. As those became more popular, I mean, for years, the Super Kick would end a match. Yeah. And now, it's just, how many can we do?
1: Well, look at tonight's uh, SmackDown Women's Title Match as an example. The bank Statement was hit three times. The Code of Silence, which is Carmella's finish, was done twice. And the Super Kick was done a grand total of like eight times. Like, come on, that's.
2: Now, I I will say though that, I think that bank statement. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. She just she doesn't do it justice, right? I think she gets lazy with it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. When.
2: Yeah. You know, like in, in the match. Um. The time she put it on, she doesn't even hook the arm. She just like. You know, her ears back, trying to trying to pull her pull her backwards, and she doesn't even bother to hook the arm.
1: Well, you but know, he, if you
2: notice, uh, in a lot of her matches,
3: she does that.
2: Because and I think that's it, just pure lazy.
3: Yeah, I mean, when she was hitting it with the Charlotte Flair and Bailey and those matches early on, Becky Lynch, like she was cinching that thing in to the point where we're all like, that was fine. No like kind of the way Rusev was cinching in the Cobra the Cobra clutch.
1: Yeah, when when Rusev would put that camel clutch on or it, and like bend them, <laughs> it looked like their head was touching their toes backwards. That was pretty nasty. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, we're live, pal. <laughs> I think with with finishers, what we see nowadays is just an abundance of we wanna we wanna pop the crowd, we wanna pop the you know and make everybody like react. But they forget that the reactions don't come necessarily just from a finish. It comes from you know the proper drama buildup. It comes from look at. If you look at matches nowadays, there's only a a select few people that seem to understand it. Look at AJ Styles. He understands how to build up to his finish. Um, You know, you see the phenomenal four on, what, maybe twice a match, if that? And there's a reason for that. He does it and spaces it out, and everything he does leading up to that point matters. Um, Right. Cody Rhodes is another example. The Crossroads, when he does the Crossroads, it's done... I think maximum you'll see it done twice in a matchup, but everything leading up to that point is a build up point. It shouldn't have to take even though and and Brian makes a point with it with Omega with the V trigger that it's his kind of like a signature instead of a finish. he hits it to wear his people down, but it's it's tough for me because damn he does it six or eight or ten times in a matchup, depending on who he's facing um. And even though, yeah, it looks devastating as hell, and it definitely does, it still doesn't put anybody away.
3: Yeah, but uh, it's not I, supposed to. <clears throat> well, I mean, I also think that it goes to the point of, you know, the new style of wrestling we've got going on all over the country is wrestlers that wrestlers are trying to get noticed, mm-hmm. you know? They're trying to be, they're trying to be, like, to get their head above the crowd you know, be a little above the boy, the buzz noise and all that. Mm -hmm. And it's like your, you know, your ricochets, your Ospreys, you know, those guys, they put a match and then it gets to kind of like we had back in the Jeff Hardy, the Hardy boys, Dudley boys, TLC matches, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: you know, I mean, the first one was, Oh my God. And then the second one was, Oh my God. And then the second, the third or 4th were like, all right, literally they're gonna have to drop somebody off the top of the building you know yeah and that's how matches i feel like a lot of matches in in wrestling are getting today it's like they've got a certain thing they've got to hit and i mean it's it, it's kind of the way it's always been though you know i mean you hear rick flair talk about it rick flair talks about how he has the same ma- he used to do the same match in every city He'd let the other guy have a couple hot spot high spots. He'd do his but he did everything he normally did. Like he went to, he did the whole running into the ropes and then flipping over backwards, upside down, you know. All that. But I think they just elevate it to the point where every match they've got to do the fifteen super kicks. And we're gonna jump off this and we're gonna Oh, everybody's gonna be over there in the same corner and we're all going to dive into these people who don't know we're coming, but they're magically standing in the right spot. You know? So to me that I think that's like it's just built that into it, you mm-hmm. know, as as time's gone on. Because our society we we are numb society, you know. We're in a oh my god, what what can be best and better? That's why, you know, the movies get more gory and the graphics get better and mm-hmm. people do dumb shit online. <laughs> you know, because they I wanna be famous.
1: Yeah, like that uh what's the guy's name, Brian? The one that does the uh, crazy spots, um uh, shoot, uh superhuman. I think is what he calls himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's <that's laughs> right. Giggly, whatever. Yeah, this for my jiggleos and jiggle. <laughs> it's. I mean, we're in a world now where the short-term memory of a wrestling fan is shorter by the second. and And it's funny because you see these moments where it's not like that, right? Like with long-term storytelling, we've complained about this for years. This isn't really a new conversation. But the reality is we've always complained that there is no long-term storytelling anymore. It's... All right, great. Roman's got a month against who, and then he's on to the next one. And, you know, what we had seen up until AEW was just a repetitive formula of that. Just insert person X and person Y, and this is the result. We're going on to the next story. But it was really the same cookie-cutter story with every single character. And then with, wow, the Kevin Owens already, damn. So we're at uh, the main event of TLC, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns for the WWE title. Owens just right out of the box hot, attacking Roman. But with what AEW has managed to do very well is find a way to tell a a long-form story. With Kenny Omega, it was – they've been around a year, so it's been a year-long story of – why is Kenny not the main guy? Well, he's not the main guy because he's a tag team champion with Adam Page. Okay, so he's going to tag up with Adam Page and turn on him. Well, he kind of did, but he kind of didn't. And now we're Kenny Omega is AEW world champion, and it was all part of an elaborate plan. And you're like, damn, that that actually was an effective method of storytelling. Like, you actually had a reason to say, oh, wow, that's that's pretty spot on. and. There was a a conversation that took place in the corner-to-corner chat earlier today. And, uh, you know, I love the hypothetical debates. I love the the moments that really get us kind of thinking. And the question was asked, you know, what would you do if you had, like, complete autonomy to just take over, whether it's AEW or WWE? And in the process of kind of, like, describing, oh, this is what I would do, this is what I would do, uh, one of our— yeah, yeah. But one of one of our 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 listeners, one of our friends, said that he didn't feel like Tony Khan was listening to the audience in regards to growing it and booking properly. And I mean, hey, look, I'm I'm as middle of the road as it gets, and I gotta say, I feel like Tony Khan's done a great job building, um, and he's got the right people as far as a brain trust, people he trusts for the story.
3: Well, Tony Khan's a businessman. Mm -hmm. you know and in every he looks at AEW he's not looking at AEW as hey I've got money and now I get to play wrestling Mm -hmm. he looks at it as okay where's my return gonna be right and his return is until he has a reason otherwise you put the people in charge to know what the current trend is going and what the current thing's going on Mm -hmm. and then you know like you see in some businesses once you know if they get their finger off the pulse, then yeah, make a decision. But Tony Khan just sits back and has fun. Like he gets to go out and be like, "Hi, I'm here on this wrestling show. Why? Because I have money to put myself on this wrestling show."
1: Right, right. You
3: know? Well, we
1: we get to a point where this is basically history repeating itself in one way, shape, or form. Because if you look at what Khan is doing now versus what happened in say 1996 and 97 with Eric Bischoff a lot of what he's doing is very similar. Granted, there's going to be obvious differences. But when the NWO was was at its hottest, when the fans were at their angriest, it was because they had, they being Bischoff and his trusted brain trust, they had something that was innovative and made people think. It was polarizing. So it didn't matter what your complaint was because the guy was growing his business and growing ratings. That's why
3: Turner gave him the textbook and said, do what you know you can do.
1: Yeah, but that's that's what Tony Khan is doing now. He's not taking from the, okay, here, if you're a WWE guy, great, come on in and win the title. It's who is the best wrestler that we can put on, who is the most entertaining wrestler. Because if you look at it, that's really his formula. It's Kenny Omega, it's Cody Rhodes, it's Orange Cassidy, it's FTR, and it's the Young Bucks. That's not a WWE cookie-cutter formula. That is a wrestling formula.
2: Okay. Sorry, I missed part of it.
1: That's all right. What I'm saying here is that Tony Khan has done, because you saw the the chat earlier where where one one of our friends, Sonny, had asked, hey, if you had complete autonomy, what would you do? How would you change it? And in the process of talking about what I would do, He's like, yeah, but I don't feel like Tony Khan's done it at all. I feel like he's a mark. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) He's grown his business. In a year's time, think about it. AEW Dynamite debuts October of uh, 18. Jesus. 19, 18. Help me out, Brian. 18, 19, 19. Damn it. So (laughs) AEW Dynamite debuts October of 19, right? They did one point something million on the debut the following week and the months that it, that would follow after that they basically averaged about 7 to 800,000 viewers beating NXT in a pretty steady basis and in some cases in some demographics defeating Smackdown and Raw then you get to the, at least the past what three months four months where their average is really about 900,000 so to say that they're not growing their base is inaccurate and I I think you can't you can't not give Tony Khan credit for that because you have to be smart enough to put the right people in power. Uh,
2: I mean, I think, unlike... Oh, that was a bad spot. Yeah, that looked um, like it hurt a lot. Oh, we did it again. Way to go. Damn. Um, I, I think the, the thing here is... So, it's not so much putting the people in the right spot. Right, it's putting people in spots mm-hmm. where they need to be. Uh, the WWE, it's it's no it's no secret that they hire soap opera act, uh, writers
0: <clears throat>
2: to write this. Mm-hmm. They may not know wrestling, they may not have a clue about wrestling, but they're writing wrestling. Right. You know, whereas in AEW, AW, um, you know, you have people that know wrestling that are doing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I understand it's not for everybody. Cool. Great. But last week. And I'm getting echo from somebody. Yeah, uh, somebody's
1: got a, this audio playing. Keep going.
2: Uh, last week. It beat Raw in the uh, one demographic. Right. And it didn't just beat one hour of Raw. It beat all three. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they're doing something right. And as as Raw starts to plummet, or keeps plummeting, I'm sure you're going to start getting that crowd switching to AEW.
1: Mm-hmm. Well I also feel like one of the things that we've seen, and this is leading to um uh, the topic I was alluding to earlier, with what we've seen on both shows, there's nothing wrong with if you're on the WWE side saying, Okay, why not take from what you're seeing with AEW that's successful and you know, of course it's it's kinda like copy my homework but don't don't copy it completely, make it your own. Do what you're going to do and make it a more sport approach, because yep. that is what's making AEW, I think, successful.
2: But, yeah, but the problem is, um, they're like Coke and Pepsi. Right. Just because they are sodas, that doesn't mean they're for everybody.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they're not going to taste the same. right? Right. The WWE has been since the early nineteen hundred or nineteen nineties, right? They're not wrestling. Remember, Ted Turner. Hey, I'm in the wrestling business. Well, that, oh, that's good. I'm in the sports entertainment business,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? And that was that was in the late eighties when that comment was made because mm-hmm. Ted took us. Ted uh, bought it in the late eighties. Okay. Well, Vince is not in the wrestling business. That's what That's what you have to understand. AEW is in the wrestling business. And they're going to appeal to an audience that's been screwed over since WCW went out of business. I mean, you know? You ha- you've had them. You've had ROH, but mm-hmm. it's on a limited market. You've had TNA, Impact. It's on a limited market. I mean, you've had um, promotions that are doing wrestling. Right. Right. But through hook or by crook, for whatever reason, either they stay small or they get in bed with people that don't treat them right mm-hmm. and it doesn't grow. Well, AEW has found the right guy who's got enough money to say, nope. I want to do this. Let's do this.
1: And respects it enough to want to do it right.
2: Yeah. And, you know, just because I have enough money to want to start my own wrestling business doesn't mean I'm a mark. Maybe it means I'm a smart businessman because of 10 years down the line, AEW becomes the hot, you know, the, the number one promotion in the country. Mm -hmm. I guess he made the right call, didn't he?
1: Well, and that's where, that's where I think some people forget. And, and, Giving kind of giving the devil its due, um, you know, WWE has maintained their position at the top, quote unquote, by ultimately eliminating competition by whatever means necessary. WCW, when they fought or won that fight, it was more of a war of attrition, and they just outlasted. Had WCW found proper investors with, like Eric Bischoff and Fusion Media, for example, if that had happened, we could have very well seen. A resurgence, and maybe WWE doesn't recover. Who knows? Yep. You know, there's there's a lot of possibilities there.
2: But WCW shot themselves in the foot
3: during the Monday Night Wars. Very true. Because they, they had... allowed too many inmates to run the asylum. Very yeah. true. Too many egos got in play, and as long as egos stay out of play at the AEW like it is, and they have checks and balances, then it should be okay. You know, but that's the danger you play when you have the current talent kind of in charge Mm -hmm. is, you know, and, and it may not happen at AEW. It very well could not happen where, you know, egos get in play and be like, well, I want to turn at the top. Yeah. But, you know, and so, I mean, and I'm not saying it would, I'm just saying that that's what happened with WCW is too many egos got in play.
2: Yeah, but in AEW, the only inmate that's running the asylum is Tony. True. You can make a suggestion. You can talk about what's going on, but ultimately Tony has final say. So unlike you know where Kevin Nash was a head booker and Kevin Sullivan was a head booker and Ole Anderson was a head booker and uh, who am I missing? Dusty was a head booker and. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Russo non yeah.
2: Ultimately. Where, yeah, yeah, where they literally would book in booking themselves into, <laughs> you know, uh, world title magic <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think you have that in AEW. I think mm. they they have their stars. We're gonna push their stars, and we're gonna we're gonna run certain stories. Um. So I mean I mean look it took uh the young bucks how long to get the title it took Kenny how long to get the title mm-hmm. um Cody has had a title but it's been for a short run compared to um where everybody thought he was going to be
1: well and even that even that the the title itself was the one that seemed rushed not Cody winning it like the TNT title was was a, a rumored title they were going to do in the second year they rushed it because of the pandemic. Cody winning it was kind of like secondary, in my opinion. It was the title was coming, <laughs> and if really, if you want to look at it, it was the AEW World Title, and that went to Jericho. Then you had the 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 Battle Royal, the Ring, which was MJF. So your first tag champs was SCU, and then you get to the TNT title. So even then, there were what six months, eight months in. Maybe more into their run.
3: Well, probably about six for the TV. But mm-hmm. well, I also think that's the good thing they did was because they're looking at longevity and they're looking at down the road. Because if they'd have come in and just put the belts on themselves,
0: mm-hmm.
3: nobody would have turned in, right. tuned in much longer because it'd been like, oh, okay, I can see what's happening here. Right. You all have a, you all have a federation, so you all can. You know, y'all can Jerry Lawler, everybody. But
1: right, um, <laughs> wow, what a reference!
3: But I mean, he was what twenty-eight time champion or something like that in Memphis. You no, know, so like, that. um, so keeping themselves out of the spotlight, like not putting the belt on Kenny Omega right away, not putting the belt on the Young Bucks right away. Mm-hmm. You know, really, the only one that got any kind of push at, at first was Cody. But
1: it wasn't Oof. until the, TNA t- the TNT titles came in. So somewhere under the rubble of the broadcast table, <laughs> TLC Jay Uso or whatever, whichever Uso it is, damn it, <laughs> he's buried. Owens scaling the ladder to try to get the Universal title.
3: Come on, Mr. You, Bad, he's I'm not going to
1: lose table. it. No, he's not losing it till Mania. If that, I don't
3: even think
2: he's losing it.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah. think he'd lose that Mania either. Unless it's like a, the sad thing is, I mean, unless it's like Brock Lesnar or you know Goldberg, he's not losing that belt. Well, and it
2: sucks. I, I don't think he loses until a live crowd comes back.
1: That would that would make sense at least as far as reaction, regardless of who it is against.
3: Mm-hmm. But I will say that they're putting a good story together with Kevin Owens here to keep this feud
1: going. Yes. Well, and Kevin Owens is one of those guys. He's been a workhorse ever since he got in there with NXT. I mean, the guy has just done everything. He put Goldberg over. Okay, fine. Let's put Goldberg over. I mean, he's not said no. And that's why he stays in the limelight. That's why he stays at the, where he is. Yep.
3: So, I mean, I, I'd like to see Kevin Owens be the champ mm-hmm. for a while. You know, because I I really liked his fight, Owens fight, you know, run he had where he's just like, you know what?
1: Okay, let's fight. Right. The prize fighter gimmick. I liked that. I thought that was cool too. Sorry. Okay. All right, we're used to being dropped and (laughs) cast aside and breathed on. Ew. (laughs) I think with, with what we're seeing today, and this is what what I, I was reading about earlier this weekend, and, and I'm curious as to what this what this will do. So, WWE's ratings on Mondays are just abysmal. They've dropped so far, in fact, if you really are to do a historical study, since we to been talking about statistics and ratings, whereas AEW has climbed from the average, like I said, 7 to 8, over to 900, and, and still moving up, to Raw, which was at one point over 6 million, is now at... it's a dramatic exponential decrease in viewership usa network is very upset about this executives are calling for changes drastic changes to be done effective immediately including a much more adult and hard-hitting presentation now wwe since 2008 has been pg programming and that was due to an initiative that John Cena actually helped to figurehead. However, in this, He's gone now.
3: Daddy's right. gone. We need to
1: play. <laughs> exactly. The request is now being made by your your one of your major network partners, saying you got to fix this. You got to do this.
3: And I tell you, it, and I've said it. We can go back to the. We can go back to the shows or whatever you could find it. I said it back then. The only way WWE is going to change what they're doing or anything's going to change with Vince is the you mess with his pocketbook. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. It's the only way, you know, you get millionaires to to play ball. Right. The only way Vince is going to do anything and the board of directors will do anything is if it starts messing with the the money. And USA is secured money. You know, you start messing with that guaranteed revenue coming in. You know, it'd be like, oh, wait a minute. What? You know, we've had we've cast your check for 30 years. And, you know, Fox, too, because Fox isn't happy either. So, like, you get those two people together. And the board of directors may finally say, you know what? Um, We need to do something. What do we need to do? Oh, that's right. Let's get people that know wrestling to write the stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, So didn't we just have that?
2: Wasn't Paul Heyman involved with that? Mm -hmm. And it took them all of what?
3: How long?
1: So Paul Heyman was executive Uh, director for Raw, and he was for four months. I think
3: the money isn't talking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but ratings were talking. They said he doesn't bring in these people. He doesn't care about money.
2: You cannot go from the ratings they were to where they are now, right? This isn't just a wig drop. This is a constant, continuous plummet. Vince McMahon is out of touch. Here is a perfect example with Roman Reigns. Legit is getting booed mm-hmm. in a live audience. Right. Legit getting booed as a babyface, as your biggest babyface. Right? Oh. What do you do? Let's put the title on him. He scores one of the lowest ratings Raws ever as world champion. It gets pinned on him. Seth Rollins, one of the lowest ratings. Dean Ambrose, lowest ratings. But what do you do? You keep putting the belt on him. Now, because it's not a live audience, well, nobody can boo him, right? But guess what? Your 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 mistakes are now playing out in the ratings. He could
3: care less what USA thinks. Oh yes, he will.
1: Uh, Yeah, if he has no television.
3: The television contract. Okay, you you keep. I'm
2: telling you, Vince McMahon could care less. Vince thinks he's the smartest man in the room. This is not nothing new. You've heard it multiple times before. We're going to change. We're going to change.
1: That We're we have to heard. change. Yes.
2: Right? And where are we at now? 1.2. 1. 1.2. 1. Oh!
1: Swing and a miss. Roman goes through the barricade. Owens, you have the dodge. 100 plus
2: people on your roster. Mm-hmm. And you can't use any of them right. They're not in certain spots they should be to carry your company, and oh, now, now USA, who mind you is just like us, never been in the wrestling business other than having it on your TV pro your TV, right? Mm-hmm. Is now going to tell them how to how to fix their wrestling business?
1: Hey, they can they can oh. Shit. I thought Kevin they could just pull their belt. check. They could pull the plug on the deal, sure. And if they pull the plug on the deal and they impact their television access, um, Fox, I don't think Fox would uh, take up the slack, especially when they would look at the investment as like no return or negative return.
2: Sure, and that's what it, I'm saying. But, but you know, again, though, nothing new is going to take place. Oh, it might be hot for a week. All right, let's just move on. I'm, I'm telling you, y'all think I'm lying. I've been telling you for years. You won't let anybody talk. Move on. Sure. Okay, Rob, tell me, tell me your side of it. Feel
3: I'm free. done. I'm done. Move on. Feel free.
1: I think a lot of it, a lot of it plays out in the way that we, we see it play out. Like sometimes it's easier to see that it plays out where and I don't think it's ever been in, in any debate that Vince thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. That guy's thought he's the smartest guy in the room for maybe longer than we've been alive. <laughs> I mean, he just seems to be that kind of an alpha personality. Um, regardless of why, oh, that's going to hurt. Ouch. Pop-up right. power bomb. There goes Roman. Damn. Cut on the back. It goes cut back on
3: the to when you put, egos goes storylines. Like I said, you know, 30 minutes ago, like when Vince started putting himself in the storyline and then involved, you know.
1: Well, and then it, the the other factor there is, and this is where a lot of people would point out, you start believing your own hype. I mean, this is, this is what Bischoff's downfall was in WCW. This is what Vince's downfall is being currently. You start to believe your own press, and after a while, the hey, you're he, that guy's a daggone genius, blah, 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 blah. And the reality is, I mean, is he? Is he? Well, okay, sure, he's had some great moves, but at the same time, and we've had this debate a lot, um, yeah. those great moves have been Steve Austin taking a microphone and saying I'm going to do Austin 316 rather than whatever else they had given him to him. The Rock that says give me 30 seconds on the microphone and if I stink up the joint I'll never do it again. Bret Hart decides to do, you know, Team Canada kind of thing, the Hart Foundation, and turn heel. If Bret Hart doesn't take that banner, if Bret Hart doesn't do the standout routine that he does with Kurt Hennig, they never give him that opportunity. Same goes for Shawn Michaels. Same goes for Hulk Hogan to an extent. Because if you don't have Hulk Hogan, it doesn't matter how smart Vince McMahon is because Hulk Hogan has to play that role. I truly don't believe that, um, who was it, the guy that they thought that could have done it? Uh, Orndorff or um, damn, who's the other guy? Greg Valentine. They supposedly had a plan where if it wasn't Hogan, it was going to be Valentine or Orndorff. As popular as <laughs> Orndorff was in that time, and he was very popular, he was nowhere close to where Hogan was in Minnesota. Oh, and, no. and in Valentine, as great of a hand as he is in the ring and a tremendous performer, never had the charisma that Hogan ever had. So, right. yeah, you can say that Vince has a lot of Great, bold, genius strokes, but a lot of those great, bold, genius strokes are on the backs of some pretty huge names that had they not taken the risk that they did, that company doesn't grow. I think, I think that's something that we've talked about collectively that, man, it is tough to see something that you followed for a long, long time just take a spill like no other. Like a NASCAR crash, that's so out of control. You just can't help but go, "Damn, when does it end?"
3: Well, we've always said for years that the problem is it's not the talent. It's not right. It's it's Vince, and Vince has got to get out of his own way. You know, sure. it's, it's that example of old school. Like I run the company. I'm. It's my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. And in this day in wrestling, you can't have your way or the highway. You have to have other people involved to figure out what's the best right you know? and when he's not taking any advice from anybody and changing things and taking talent and putting talent different places because he doesn't like them or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, granted he did it years ago, but then there wasn't anything else near that level that he'd have to worry about, you know, and now on the landscape, there's that stuff in that, in that, in that, um, in that level where, you know what, people do have an alternative to go to and do something, so, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not saying that if USA pulls it or if Vox pulls it, would he even listen, you know?
1: Um, Who knows? Yeah, I would agree with Brian that, they, uh, that he wouldn't, but I also no. would say that the only way you're going to – it is so weird seeing that belt Velcro off other than unsnap. It's just weird. Anyway, you, unless you were to see both Fox and, and USA, NBC Universal, pull the plug basically at the same time, Vince would probably treat it as if uh, okay, fine, we'll go to the network. Or we'll yeah, go to F S one or you know what I mean? Like he would always feel like he's got a plan and maybe he does, but that plan isn't necessarily echoing as far as viewership. Every other major Dixie had main, a plan she did. But every other major mainstream network, especially since COVID, have made changes to their top programs, and those programs have rebounded. Look at The Mass Singer. Now, I understand this isn't sports entertainment what we're talking about here at the moment when it comes to The Mass Singer, but it is entertainment. So The Mass Singer, one of the big, big draws for that show is bringing in a studio audience or audience in the, in the arena And their reaction to the performances. So they get creative. They do more CGI with the sets. They do more creative camera work with a small chosen section of people. Like standing behind the judges. And they rebound. Their ratings go back up. That's not going to happen until a more collective shift is done. And, And to Brian's point, short of Vince dying. You know what I mean? Short of Vince dying, and that's a horrible, dark way to say it, but that shift is just... There's. I don't know that there's enough silver bullet theories that would have to happen for the stars to align for WWE to just say, okay, what are we doing wrong? It's like perfect storm plus that shooting star plus you know the solar eclipse and somehow vince hits his head walking out of the house and just goes oh i've done it wrong i'm so sorry you know what i mean it's like it would be crazy if you're keeping up with us here uh, tlc closes out with roman reigns successfully retaining the Universal title over Kevin Owens, um, a solid matchup between the two, hard-hitting. The question becomes, you know, the the road to the Royal Rumble, which is what they're promoting right now, the question becomes for WWE how they set the stage here and how they perhaps change direction, if possible. Um, And it's, it's clear that that change of direction would have to be a true dedicated effort that would last much longer than the what was it, four months, whatever time it was that they had their executive directors of Heyman and Bischoff for SmackDown. Yeah,
3: I I agree with you. It's going to take a big change up top. It's not going to be something... It's not going to be a sudden change of heart. It's going to be... It's going to have to be like either Vince, like you said, unfortunately, dying, or the board of directors finally saying, you know what? You're taking this company down, but then will that ever happen because he's the highest shareholder so
1: <laughs> could
3: because I mean I guess the, the shareholders could do something I mean the board of directors could say you know what
1: but could sorry could WWE file bankruptcy mm-hmm. I just I mean their stock price right now is still i'm gonna say it's still at uh maybe 60 oh i forgot about orton and bray damn that's the main event wow damn. oh that's right it's a cinematic the it's a an- firefly carol <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> uh let's see wwe stock. WWE stock right now is down 2.23%, trading at $46.43 a share. Um, bye <laughs> Well, I mean, the, the key is to buy low. Um, when it opened, when it first opened, I believe it opened at $63, $64 per share back in 2000, 2001. So, mm, that's a pretty stiff drop. That's a lot of money. So I wonder if, it, if it's possible. Because you don't have to just close up shop if you file bankruptcy. If you file bankruptcy, you're hurting and you've got a lot of bills. And we've not heard anything that indicates WWE hasn't been able to pay people. As a matter of fact, they seem to be um, acquiring more than selling. But we also see reports of different people in power, Kevin Dunn, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, Vince McMahon at one point, Shane at one point, and Linda selling shares.
3: Yeah, it's never good when the people, on uh, you know, the command of the ship's like, hey, don't mind us, we're just getting rid of some lifeboats.
1: Plus you have, you know, stories where Eric Bischoff, who, you know, at one point while Eric was just recently removed from his executive director position, jokes were made and comments were made that all you ever did was find Eric Bischoff in catering. But then Eric Bischoff goes on record, and this was just recently, where he had little to no creative input because he wasn't really able to give creative response to any storyline. Look at what happened on Raw and outside of a few different guys that got focused from Paul Heyman. I would say Andrade, Angel Garza, Braun Strowman, um, and I'm sure I'm missing a few, but Drew McIntyre, duh. You know, Those were the focal points, and then Four months in, both people are removed from their positions, and there's there's a seemingly a return right back to how it was. So, I mean, to that point, it's how do you argue that? You really can't. Oh, there's no
3: argument that WWE is, is their programming is horrible, and they keep going down. It's mm-hmm. just how far will it go down? You know.
1: Now, on the flip side of things, on companies right now that are really. Striking while the iron is hot. What AEW did very well with Kenny Omega and having him go over into um, Impact is now a focal point where it appears he's going to have a matchup. Well, no, it doesn't appear. We are going to have a matchup at the next Impact pay-per-view where it's Kenny and the Good Brothers against uh, Rich Swan and help me out, who's he teaming with?
2: You. The gun.
1: Ah, the Motor City machine guns. Thank you. So that that of its, in and of itself is Impact taking advantage of an opportunity to grow. Um, a huge moment, a really a huge piece of what can move Impact back up into – I won't say relevance. I think they're relevant. I think it puts them back in a more competitive mindset. Ring of Honor right now is getting ready to come on with their tapings, and their approach is basically – a much more grittier, hard-hitting appearance and no crowd. It worked for Impact. They've done very well with it. If Ring of Honor does half of what Ring of Honor usually does, that'll only serve to help them. Not to mention, NWA is taking previous shows that they had taped and repackaging them and filling them in with new matches and coming back instead of NWA Power. It's now NWA Shockwave. So there, there's certain companies out there right now that are taking advantage, and like I said, striking while the iron is hot. So
2: NWA is throwing new matches in there?
1: Yeah, so you, I think you posted in the uh, C2C chat the Trevor Murdoch screenshot.
2: Yeah, but apparently that's old.
1: Yeah, so he won the title from Aaron Stevens... During the first part of the lockdown, so I would say March or April, but all they ever did was release um, screenshots. We never actually got the match on Power, and I don't think it aired on whatever pay-per-view it was that they tried when it was uh, Aldis and uh, Marty Skrull. So we see screenshots of it, and then they just recently aired it on NWA Shockwave. At the same time while they're doing that, they're taping new matches. So, <clears throat> I think it was um, Thunder Rosa, and it wasn't. Shoot, I can't remember who her opponent was. But this past week had a Thunder Rosa match that was new. Um, I'll pull that up here. But the I'm point thinking about the 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 point here is is it's it's. It's interesting to see the companies that are smart enough to just say, you know what, fine, you do what you're doing over there on USA and Fox because, okay, here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and this is you know, this is what I'm doing. It's Goldberg is watching the Firefly Funhouse match. Here's Goldberg.
3: Well, I think weird. if we go back, like, I think Brian said it back years ago
1: was the fact
3: that, like, the one way to compete, and make a dent in the in the E was for all the other federations to kinda of band up and mm-hmm. do something like they're kinda of doing now. You know? You take AEW, one of the hottest the hottest property right now in wrestling coming in, mm-hmm. and what do they do? They reach out with Impact. A company that's been around a while, but it's been struggling, you know, to get the the notori- the notoriety and get back into mainstream. So then they reach out and they're now they're going to do things with that. And it's they already have a working relationship with NWA. So it's like, it's what he said years ago. These other, if these smaller, if these other promotions band together and kind of make a coalition, shall we say?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, it's going to be like, oh, wow, I got to tune in on, you know, access TV to see Kenny Omega. Oh, now I got to go to NWA because guess what? The young bucks are going to be on NWA, you know. Like, oh jeez, you know.
1: There's a, uh, a, a an Instagram post I think Kenny Omega posted where he had a an illustration of what appeared to be like the Infinity Gauntlet, only instead of it being the gems, it was different world titles, and it had the NWA, it had uh, Impact, Triple A, yeah, uh, AEW. And I think I saw it had IWGP on there. I think I saw that. Yeah, it had that. But that's been a huge, huge plus for uh, wrestling in general. I mean, it, <laughs> you can you can talk about you know some of the choreography of what happens during a Young Bucks match. I know I complain about it from time to time, but you can't discredit no. what like Kenny Omega in in Impact and AEW and Impact and NWA are doing together right now um, as a team because what they're doing right now is they're, okay, fine, you you don't as Brian said earlier you don't like chocolate, here's vanilla or (laughs) strawberry or Rocky Road. There's multiple flavors of ice cream out there so we got one for you. How about this? It just happens to be the hottest flavor on the block right now. You know, coincidentally
3: that's a creepy tattoo.
0: Oh.
1: I don't think I've ever seen a tattoo like focused on like that before. Damn. And he's had that like for a long time. Just the eyes looking over his shirts like, uh. <laughs> I want I want one of those masks. I want a fiend mask. Let's walk around town. It's like, hey, how's it going? Let me in. <laughs> Uh, There's this old fat guy. He's just walking around
0: town. (laughs)
3: It's too bad you still don't work for that other company knocking on people's doors. Oh, geez. (laughs) Uh, Can I offer you? Would you like to buy it?
0: No, go away. (laughs) Mommy.
3: (laughs) Scary little kids. Hey, Brian.
1: Hello. Easier. So Bray Wyatt is uh, making his way down to the ring again. This is an, an, a Firefly Funhouse Inferno match. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, for an Inferno match, you have to be set on fire to lose. That's my understanding of an Inferno match.
3: Yeah, they said you have to a, – a, a body part has to be set on fire.
1: Mm-hmm. That, um, I wonder if that's why uh, Randy has got a, a sweatsuit on instead of uh, just his normal gear. So this past Monday, we saw Randy Orton attempt to put Bray Wyatt in, um, in a casket or a, a crate, a wooden crate, nailed the crate shut, set it on fire. In the process of it being set on fire, um, or while it burns, suddenly the fiend bursts through the box and beats the piss out of Randy Orton. Great visual give him
3: credit. Sorry,
1: go ahead. Go ahead.
3: No, I was just gonna say you got to give Bray Wyatt credit to be able to flip characters so fast.
1: Well, I wonder if that's if that's also creative editing, but the ability to be from the. Uh, You know, the creepy, giddy host, (laughs) game show host to the horror character known as the Fiend. Right. I wonder how the Fiend would play, that character would play in, like, I'm I'm sure in Lucha Libre would be great. I wonder how it would do, like, in Japan. I wonder how, how it would look in AEW. I mean, look at what they've done with Abaddon. And Abaddon is freaking scary as hell. Like, that's, that's a terrifying character. So, th- that's one plus I would say. Mm, maybe it would come off well. But I wonder how it would do. What is that? So, the best part about the Thunderdome is watching some of these, uh, you know, fans, quote unquote, uh, and how they do. And one of them is a kid that is <laughs> doing, I guess, the New Day dance while he's on camera watching. And he just happens to be. In the front row, the, his his essence, I guess, his character is his video. Just happens to be. Got
3: to give him credit.
1: It's fifteen minutes of fame. Hey, he's taking advantage. He's showing the world. Yeah,
3: but I was going to tell Brian thanks for showing me that Star Wars game because I showed it to my other my son, and now like he's addicted to it.
1: Is that Squadrons?
3: No, the star that's like top slam but for Star Wars cards. He's been sitting here all night opening packs.
1: There's a an NW NWA haha NBA super card game now. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> you're not you're not into it? <laughs> no. Can you name any current NBA players? Uh, Dwayne Wade. Is he still playing? And uh, uh,
3: Michael Westbrook. Russell Westbrook.
1: Russell Westbrook. Okay. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. You got Westbrook. one. And James. LeBron. James Harden. There we go. Oh, James Harden. Okay, wow. You got me beat. <laughs> it basically plays the same as a WWE Supercard. It's essentially... Uh, A brand new copy of it, I guess, is one way to put it. And it is, you've got the quick match, which is the same basic technique. The animations are all NBA-based or basketball-related. You got what appears to be like a King of the Ring kind of approach. So you put a deck together and you just go through and it plays out through for, I think it plays for a few days. You can recharge your decks. You can recharge your players. Um, but it's it's literally the exact same uh, programming or appearance as WWE, except it's NBA instead. In no. I wish there were games like this when we were, you know, in, in high school. But, of course, we wouldn't have had phones, so that's a stupid thing to say. Never we didn't
3: have any happened. phones. Right, right, right. We'd actually have to have the cards.
1: That's a good
2: point. There were games like that. You had to use pen and paper.
1: Really? What games were there like that? For, like pen and paper wise?
2: Uh, it was in the magazines. The
1: oh, the, the IWA. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, that's right. The IWA, the one where you could. that was the one where you, when you first started, you could pay a dollar, and get your you create your wrestler and then you could uh, choose from a set list of moves and everything. Is that that's what you're talking about?
2: Um, I don't know what it's called, but it's the one y'all played uh, with the creator.
1: Oh, oh, Phil Singer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Champions of the Galaxy. The dice game. Now that game is coming out with yet another set. I want to say it's like his 30th release. Um he's got a set coming out. Gaw, that's freaky.
3: That's a lot of fire.
1: <laughs> um Okay, well. So so there's no flames around the ring. It's on poles on the guardrail. No, it's not even on the guardrail. It's it's behind the guardrail. <laughs> Randy Orton running well, away.
3: Help me. We also had Raw Deal.
1: Raw Deal was fun. I liked playing Raw Deal and WCW Nitro.
3: Yeah. And then the Star Wars D&D game.
1: <laughs> we that played fun. that we played that uh what? Twice. Yeah. That game was a lot of fun.
3: That was the day I gave somebody too much of a tip. <laughs> Remember West was playing and West gave us money for pizza and then like
1: Oh uh, yeah. We, we, I think he gave him like 20 bucks for a tip or something. I told
3: the, he's like just he's like do this and I'm like all right I told the guy he's like you want to change I'm like nope. <laughs> and West was like where's my money? <laughs> what? Money? <laughs> I didn't say I was good at math class, man.
1: What the hell? Is that a leather strap? Ow. Well, that, I mean, it's still got to hurt, but look, they got burning trash cans. It's official. WWE's got dumpsters on fire outside of their match.
3: It's a dumpster fire match. Oof. Someday they're going to realize that the intern needs to clean out under the ring,
1: you know? But Just random-ass leather straps. Let's just oh. put leather straps. Oh! Oh! Oh, hell. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> wait. <laughs> uh, uh, look out! You see it now? Yeah. Damn. That's insane. So he just draped a, a leather strap. He had gotten one from under the ring. Started whipping Randy Orton with it. Then he took another one, which um he held on to for a second then he draped it into the fire and he tried to smash Randy Orton with it that was insane a freaking pickaxe really cuz they're cuz any <laughs>
3: wrestler's going to be like, "Yeah, hit me with a pickaxe."
1: <laughs> he's going to connect with the pickaxe. <laughs> he's going to he's going to right. Okay. Um
3: that's like could- the wrestler's like, "Here. Hit me with this gimmick cinder block." <laughs>
1: Well, this goes back to the whole like when is a, a cinematic or a gimmick match you know too far, like the Chamber of Horrors match. As funny as it is to watch back from uh, WCW's old Halloween Havoc days, um, you know it had an electric chair. It had you know come on, nobody's gonna really get into an electric chair first off and and get shocked to death. So it was just there.
3: <laughs> it goes back to matches that have no point. Yeah. You know, it's like having a pay-per-view called TLC, but I mean, they've used the tables, ladders and chairs, but like when they've had extreme rules and nothing's extreme mm-hmm. or when they've had the false counterway matches and nobody leaves the ring.
1: So now he is laying a, a trail of gasoline to a rocking chair. He being the fiend. Getting ready to put Randy Orton into a rocking chair, I assume, and set it on fire. Um, Go set
3: it on fire. <laughs> oh, stop.
1: This is where those, uh, one of those moments where you're kind of glad that there's not actually a live audience in the ring or near the ring because, you know, all of the fire that would burn all of the people. Um,. Bur- you got to burn him alive. Cool. Okay, great. We're going to witness a murder right here on WWE.
3: It's on the network. You paid for it.
1: <laughs> Here's your money's worth, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Watch this man get caught on
3: fire. Oh, Where'd all the blood come from?
1: Shit. Ew. What the hell? Where'd all the blood
3: come from? That's what creepy. What the
1: hell, dude? Creative editing right here. I said, all right, Randy, when you get up, we're going to dump it, okay? So just get up really fast. Well, they got the same
3: lady in the dome twice.
1: Oh, yeah, they, they've got footage of people for the dome. This is where the dome's f- flaws start to come in. So they got footage of people in the dome from weeks ago that they'll put in tonight because of their facial expressions and reactions. But there again, it comes back to trying to adapt with the – one guy looks like he's trying to get out of the fire. See that person in the background? Um, but this is where WWE has taken steps creatively to attempt to uh, redraw their audience, but they're still not fixing the in-ring product, the actual televised product. So you're still you having... you
3: up a turd.
1: <laughs> right, right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're fine orton with the uh, chain around his fist here laying into bray wyatt excuse me the fiend i forgot it's a different character
3: what in the world dude
1: it's easy to get caught up in these uh pay-per-view moments, you know, where you're trying to figure out just what the hell you're watching <laughs> because they're trying to put each other on fire. It's not exactly like there's just here's a near fall. It's, it's, just, it's a super kicker powerbomb. No, no, no. We're going to put you on fire. Remember we
3: talked about finishers?
1: Mm-hmm. And the way
3: matches should in. <laughs> Damn.
1: Uh, the Fiend with the rock bottom? Excuse me, as Michael Cole would call it, a urinagi. My bad. Sorry, Mr. Cole. There you call it that, bro. So, as we look forward towards the next few weeks in wrestling programming, AEW has I'm pulling up my calendar. They've got Revolution, which is the next pay per view, but they've also got uh, a a holiday bash where they recently did. I don't know if you guys saw this, but a a, a recreation of a Christmas story with MJF as uh, Ralphie, with Chris Jericho as Santa Claus, uh, Wardlow as one of the elves. And they recreate the scene where he's trying to ask uh, Ralphie what he wants for Christmas and Ralphie freezes up. Mm-hmm. Of course, you shoot your eye out. Well, that, there's that, and then there, of course uh, MJF dressed up as as the uh, as Ralphie, but he's in the pink bunny outfit. Let's see here. Now, the AEW uh, for this week, Dynamite for this week has already been taped. Um, there are uh, spoilers out there if you want to, but I think a lot of people are going to watch regardless of what has already been reported. Um, I wanted to get your take on Kenny Omega and Joey Janela because I honestly wasn't expecting much out of this matchup. And I had to say that this is probably the best showing that Joey Janela has had since AEW started. what what the hell um I guess the fiend lost I would say what the hell uh so the fiend caught on fire and that just you know this is where he's doing a damn simulcast is aggravating because (laughs) okay It's just confusing. What was the red fluid on the uh, axe handle? I guess that was kerosene or something?
3: Yeah. Probably something to start it.
1: Makes sense. So, yeah, um, this past week's Dynamite, I wanted to talk about uh, Joey Janela and Kenny Omega. Um, I actually was surprised that they gave Joey as much time to shine as they did. And it actually – there were a couple moments where it seemed like he might win and get himself a a true title shot. But at first, didn't they announce this as a title matchup? And then did they change it, I guess, on Wednesday?
2: Mm, I don't remember seeing anything about that.
1: Because I remember when they advertised it, I could have swore they said it was a title match. But either way, I mean, the matchup itself – uh, like I said a few seconds ago, I feel like Joey Janela really did well. It was a good showing for him.
2: Lost power, never saw it.
1: So that was during the uh, snowstorm that happened this week. That's right, we did have a few, a uh, couple days where uh, Mother Nature played havoc on the uh, on the watching the viewership area. Uh, New Year's Smash is the next big AEW event that is coming up. Night 1 is December 30th, and then the following week is night 2. Um, there's tickets on sale right now for Daily's Place for these events, and they're starting at 20 bucks. I don't see a lot of the card just yet, but Kenny Omega is expected to defend the championship. Uh, Sting is expected to be there. Sting came out this past week on dynamite and basically did the same routine as he did the week prior. Only this time he pointed the bat is AEW taking advantage of sting the right way, or is it just too early to tell?
2: He's been on TV. What? Three times.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Three times.
2: I would imagine it's too early to even think about that.
1: Yeah, when when you look at what he's done, it's been in, in uh, s- select moments. It's been carefully timed and carefully placed. I feel like popularity-wise, using Sting on television is not a bad move as long as you're not overexposing him. And he hasn't really done anything to consider him exposed or overexposed to say that anyway um but i feel like it's it's a good positive option there to have somebody that is popular and can draw in old wcw fans holy um okay so the fiend is now a blazing infer. what the hell um, okay, so orton wins the inferno match, hits the r k o on the fiend, then, in the process of all of this, the ew <laughs> that's just nasty um he douses the fiend in gasoline, and um i guess wins. The fiend is dead. Well, uh, Rob, we were just saying it. I guess we just witnessed a murder. He's definitely warm. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's the way to go with that, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> it's warm here. <laughs> definitely warm. Wow. Okay. Well, that's that's one yeah. way to put it.
3: <laughs> they're doing something on Lex Luger.
1: Uh, WWE Icons is the special that I, I guess they're previewing here. And this is a, a one time look at Lex Luger. The uh, Lex Express, the All American Lex Luger. And then you see a picture of him now, and he's like, looks like he's. Almost as skinny as uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Jeez, that poor guy's been through a lot, though. Lex Luger. I mean, he had he had a stroke. He was paralyzed. Um, I mean, he really, really went through a lot as far as abuse of drugs, painkillers. Um, you talk about a guy that's been through just hell. But interesting to take a look at at his run at WWE. I wonder if they are as creative with this as they usually are. By creative, I mean, you know, selective with their memory. Of what?
3: Of what they're going to show?
1: Well, I just, yeah, I'm curious if, if they treat it like, oh, you know, Lex Luger is a great American icon and a true legend of our sport, or do they... Do they tell the full story? Like, it's on right now. This is first look of WWE icons. Um, and I wonder if they are going to tell the story of, hey, he had a, a battle with drug abuse, a battle with addiction, or if they tell it just from the the angle of true icon of the business kind of thing.
3: Well, I think they're showing him in his wheelchair. So that there is, that there is proof that they're going to show him in, in that, you know,
2: How many icons have they done?
1: I think this is their first one. I think this is going to be their first one. Oh, okay, so the next one's going to be Beth Phoenix. Okay, cool. Is this their response to Dark Side of the Ring, you think?
3: I have cake. I don't think they'll
2: ever... And what are you going to say about Beth that would match Dark Side of the Ring?
1: Mm, I don't know if there's really anything you could say about her in that regard. Like, in a negative aspect, I don't think there's any, anything.
3: I mean, I think it's their – they're going to do the WWE 5 versions of the right. histories. I mean, like you said, it's going to be what you want, what they want you to know.
1: wow she really does look a lot like her mom sheesh if we want to see what beth phoenix looks like at 65 or 70 there you go so who's she married to oh nobody important you know just edge just edge Uh. edge this week on twitter got into an exchange with a fan that was actually attempting to insult um (laughs) He was attempting to insult Beth Phoenix and Edge's picture where he said that Edge looked like he was standing with an awkward soccer mom. Edge returned fire in kind. And let me just pull this back up because I thought this was kind of stellar. It's always nice to see when when somebody says something they think that no one's going to call them on it. And they get blasted. Let me pull this up here. Well dang. Depending on how
3: these things go, I mean I wouldn't mind watching I like the documentaries that they do on these.
1: I liked the um I liked the the documentaries of the twenty fours of when the Hardys came back, um and also when uh, R Oh, interesting. That's interesting because RVD just recently finished up a stint with uh, Impact where it was him and his girlfriend slash born star slash whatever. Um, which really wasn't indicative of who he was as a performer at his times with WWE and, and ECW. This one, I wonder if it just takes more of a deeper look. And there again, the question of we'll look at when he got in trouble with the uh, marijuana. It's funny how we see just the negative side of things at times mhm hmm. said a person of substance well i mean he he was a firm believer in high times, you know <laughs> he's got the uh he's got the uh Tully Blanchard shades on there in that shot. oh no. So, you know, these simulcasts are are few and far between. They tend to come off a little uh, disjointed because it's easy to get caught up in in what's happening on a, a pay-per-view or what's happening on on the network, so to speak. So it's probably part of the reason we don't do them very often. But it's easy to get caught up in it. I wonder, of course, if with what we are seeing right now, we had a, a good conversation earlier about, you know, like top five finishers. And oh, oh, hold on, cool! They're doing a thing on Davy Boy. Now that I did not know about, I forgot all about that. They've been talking about it a little bit, and I forgot completely. Um, but there you go, right there, just a perfect example. Just threw me completely off track. Um, But as as we continue to see like top fives and everything, I'm curious as to how the one that we posted on our Facebook group where Shane has done an outstanding job of putting some polls up there, promotion of the year, pay-per-view of the year, superstar of the year, match of the year. Um, I mean, we've got what a week, two weeks left of the year. It's unlikely that we'll see another match of the year candidate until January for twenty twenty one. Brian, what would you consider to be match of the year for 2020?
2: Oh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Um, there were a few good ones. I don't know which one I'd put first. I mean, you'd have uh, Omega and Pac, uh, FTR and the Young Bucks. Young Bucks, Page and Omega. I mean, there were so many out there. Mm-hmm. Or did just pick one,
1: and that's outside of the um, New Japan bubble that typically we're in for match of the year. Because usually it's an Okada match.
2: Yeah, but I haven't seen any a lot of New Japan this year, so
0: mm-hmm.
2: my subscription's out. So.
1: I think that when you look at match of the year, I, I would probably go if, if we're really just kind of going off of what elevated all sides and what really got the most attention and, and had the most like, dramatic effect. Man, it, it's hard to say anything negative about Paige and Omega against the Bucks. I, I might have to give that a match of the year nod. Although you know you you bring up Omega and Pac, their matches were great, and Pac is uh, coming after Omega for a title shot, and so is Frey Phoenix, which could that could quietly be a sleeper match of the year. Do what? Phoenix and Omega? I believe that's this coming week. Yeah. Well,
2: it's coming up soon. I don't know if it's this week.
1: You know what? Actually, you're right, because that is New Year's Smash. So I believe that's night one at New Year's Smash. He gets the title shot. But that's December 30. (laughs) I mean, talk about just milking 2020 for all it's worth. If you're AEW, you get one more match of the year candidate out of uh, not just Omega, but an option to get Ray Phoenix in the conversation. That would be huge.
2: yeah um but again the spoilers are out there so I'm pretty sure they're out there whether they're true or not I think for the 10 o'clock show
1: yeah so there's a late night edition of Dynamite which is coming up this week and then there is
2: oh yeah that's this week
1: Yeah. yeah And then the thirtieth is where we see um, New Year's Smash or whatever they're calling it. It's yeah. I think that with what we're seeing right now, uh, match of the year stays under the AEW banner no matter what. I, I don't. I mean, there were some good matches for WWE. There were some great matches for um, New Japan. I'm sure uh, Impact had some good ones too. But I think AEW is going to take match of the year regardless of which one it is. But If I had to put a vote I'd probably say the tag title match because I think that one that one was probably one of the best tag team matches I have ever seen which one Omega and page against the bucks
2: mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's hard to say though there could be a sleeper out there somewhere mm-hmm
1: and since, strangely enough, we still got a little bit of time left in this year. That could be, could be positive. I mean, it'd be interesting to see. I don't know. I just don't know if anything's really going to come close to touching that. Rob, do you have a, a match of the year in mind that would stand out to you? No, I mean, y'all are
3: right there. I, I truly believe it's going to be under AEW.
1: I mean, I liked
3: Finn Balor and O'Reilly. I thought that was hard hitting and NXT. Yes. but. Do I think it was top, you know, the match of the year? No. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the matches we saw in AEW obviously were were better, so um, I think you're right on your assumption, but unless there's something out there sneakily that no one's saying, I mean, come on, we just saw a man burned alive. Like,
1: how's that <laughs> not? <laughs> it's it's such an emotional roller coaster they take Ooh. us on here as fans. <laughs> oh
3: my god. It's like we're watching the ship sink and no one's telling the captain.
1: Like, no. No, no, no. The captain's sink, drinking Mai Tais saying, "Let's just keep going.
3: It's fine.
1: <laughs> this is fine. We're fine. It's only
3: a flesh wound."
1: <laughs> um let's see promotion of the year is another category we had here on the facebook page i think promotion of the year uh, growth um, opportunity surprise uh, finances i, I would ma- wager a guess um honestly i'd probably give that to AEW this year I
3: was like can you just put all of those on one award
1: you're you probably kind of got to because you know I mean, think about it. From from a, a vantage point of growth in viewership, has any other company grown in viewership outside of the Omega um angle? Because I think impact is growing, but they're not gonna reach nine hundred thousand. Not right now. Well, really. the only
3: reason impact is growing is because of the AEP AEP AEW um the AEW, you know, influence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like they're throwing a little thing like, hey, we'll help you out. Kind of like what Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy did with the expedition of gold.
1: Right. Yeah, I could I could agree with that because, I mean, a lot of what they did for a lot of companies, especially the independents, uh, Ring of Honor and MCW, which is the two spots that we saw them on. um, So, hey, I mean, they they did a lot for them. Ring of Honor really suffered from 2020. They really didn't do a whole lot, um, and they're just now coming back to really actively doing something. WWE has gone down 2020. Uh, they started with some interesting things with Edge coming back, with Drew McIntyre getting his main event run. Um, but we've just seen, like we just saw tonight, man burned alive, an eyeball taken <laughs> Or a, a fishing bobber <laughs> taken out of ray mysterious. They hand. must
3: have rehired the same person that had the hand. Uh, ugh.
1: no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so let's see here: wrestler of the year, performer of the year. Um, Brian, who do you think is wrestler of the year this year?
0: I don't
2: know, that's kind of hard for me. Yes. You know, I'm sure there's probably a few candidates in the mix. I don't know if I'd pin down one specifically. I don't do.
1: There, there could be an argument for a few different guys. Um, I think Omega, for his, his run all year long, has been consistent. I don't know if I would say wrestler of the year overall, but it's kind of hard to argue against it. Um, guys like Chris Jericho, who has been consistently performing and, and keeping us tuning in for pretty much everything. Uh, his work with with MJF, his work with Orange Cassidy. Um, early in 2020, his his work as champion. Um, Moxley, if you really want to get down to brass attacks, and, and a guy that's been consistent in overperforming, uh, John Moxley, I think, to me, is a, a good pick.
3: I mean, I definitely think he could be up in the top four or five. Yeah, I mean, I think also you got to have Cody in that pick, you know, because I think has Cody held the big belt? No, but the people he's, the matches he's had, and the stories he's told this year,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, um, same thing with H- Hangman Page. You know, the stories he's told this year, the roller coaster he's put taking people on. Um, and then you look at wrestlers like. You know, I mean, look at the, look at the year Drew McIntyre had.
1: Yeah. Huge, you know, a huge year.
3: You know, he he got it. He's got his run at the top and you know, so it's just art. Like, like Brian said, there's just a lot of people there. I mean, first when you asked the question, I was like, it's gotta be Cody. But then as I'm watching Drew talk, I'm going, well, man, he's had to have one hell of a year too.
1: And great matches pretty much with everyone, you know and
3: it's a and it's a shame that his sorry, it's passed my bad time um <laughs> his his run has been in the COVID era where he hasn't had the fans to feed off of
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know imagine his the, what the what the different matches he's done if he had the fans to pop at the in the arena mm-hmm. You know,
1: I feel like Finn Balor and Adam Cole both kind of get a nod as well, even even if it's only in the regards of maybe like an honorable mention, because they've both had really good years. Um, Adam Cole and uh, Finn Balor had Da-da. some great matches for the title, and uh, hey, you mentioned it earlier, Kyle O'Reilly. If we're talking about a breakout performer this year, um, O'Reilly really stepped up, and his matchup with Balor was huge.
3: Oh, yeah. My face hurt after that match.
1: Oh, how about your ribs? <laughs> that was that was as hard-hitting of a contest as I can recall seeing in a while. Um, on par with a New Japan or, <laughs> honestly, a Walter match. <laughs> because Walter beats the crap out of people. Um, which, another guy, another match of the year candidate, Walter versus... Uh, uh, Ilja Dragunov. I did not pronounce that right. I know for a fact, but it's whatever. Um, well, it's like when they... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was done.
3: Like when they keep saying that you know, um, always held the belt for six hundred and blah 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 days, and I'm like, well, he hasn't defended it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, but. It is what it is. Uh. Yes, it
1: is. Uh, let's see. That's kind of the the rankings as they are now. Um, news-wise, uh, guys, you tell me. Am I missing anything news-wise that, that happened this week?
2: think of but again i lost power part of the week so
1: looks like uh this is this is a nice little moment here uh chris jericho on twitter on the 20th so today thanks domino's for screwing up his pizza order he says thanks to the domino's driver who came to deliver our pizza and forgot the pizza (laughs) It's been 90 minutes, and when we called, they basically said, "Tough luck, terrible customer service, guys." #Hashtag You had one job. How do you do? It? How do you go out to deliver a pizza and forget the pizza? What? That's
3: well, good. That's an option. That's that was an opportunity for Papa John's or or one of the others to hop on board and be like, "It'll be there in 20 minutes." Sir.
1: Right. Like I'm surprised that when you know, remember when Jericho won the title. I'm surprised that the that the steakhouse that he was at, or a steakhouse in general, didn't hop on Twitter and say, Hey, we found your belt in a free meal. Missed opportunities. Missed opportunities.
3: Marketing geniuses that we're not allowed to be.
1: <laughs> Clearly you we have. look
3: at MJF. He
1: yeah, a good one this week. Uh, yes. Uh, MJF had uh, a great little exchange on Twitter with someone uh, where he talk- – <laughs> all right. <clears throat> I'm going to say this exactly the way he did. I'll try my best not to laugh through it. Where he says, your girlfriend has seen more wieners, has been on more wieners than ketchup. Ooh, That is <laughs> Um, I also saw a video, Brian, I, you, you I believe, are the one that told us about the kid that got the autograph for the figure, and he put it back in the box and, like, smashed it and smudged the autograph. Um, uh, that wasn't me. I actually saw the video of this. So there's the kid. He's standing with his dad. He brings the figure up. He says, like, a couple of words to MJF, like, hey, I was wondering if you'd sign my figure. MJF, of course, is just running this kid down. This is... <laughs> being awful and does sign the figure, but he 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 first thing he does is when he grabs the figure, he's got it he palms it at the front over top of where he signed it. He puts it in the box that the kid got it out of and then pushes it down. Palm first on the autograph and you can see when he pulls his hand up that he's got ink on his hand. (laughs) Just dude, that's the kind of thing you like do you take lessons to be that kind of a douchebag? God,
3: some things just come naturally.
1: <laughs> um, he had a he did do a great little signing with uh, Zach Ryder, or excuse me, Matt Cardona and uh, Brian Myers, Kurt Hawkins, formerly known as. Um, they did a a toy drive for the Major Wrestling Figure podcast and MJF, the Dark Order, the complete Dark Order outside of Brody Lee. Um, were there for a signing. Tommy Dreamer was there. Swaggle was there. Of course, they did a wrestling show, too. But MJF was, like, this one guy comes up and goes, hey, man, he's trying to show him his scarf, and he goes, that one looks like shit. This is one you want. <laughs> he shows him his scarf that he had. And then the kid's like, oh, I thought it was free. He's like, no, it's $20. Then you hear the kid go, oh, I don't have $20. Oh, you don't have $20? Well, then keep it moving. <laughs> so it's just, it's it's MJF, it's fine.
2: He's always good for a laugh.
1: It should be interesting to be um, to see what happens with him and Sammy Guevara going forward. I think they're still building towards Sammy turning against MJF.
2: He could botch this whole thing.
1: It's definitely a possibility.
2: It has been known
1: to happen. Look at that. A lot of moving parts for that storyline.
2: Yeah. Well, sometimes they do things they shouldn't do. Sometimes they screw it up.
1: Well, I think that uh, with what we've seen so far, they're getting it right more times than they're screwing it up. Yeah. Not all the time.
2: Sometimes they do mess
1: up. They did, following the, uh, the commentary, we talked about this two weeks ago, I believe, Where Jim Ross had talked about how finishing moves need to be protected, how the business evolving is BS, and uh, how it's just a bunch of guys standing around like idiots waiting for the other one to to catch a high spot, something like that. I I can't read the whole rant off verbatim. But the basics of it is this, Brandon Cutler had responded on Twitter, really quoting it verbatim, saying that was what exactly they were going to do during the tag match, and Cutler got pulled from the match don't not wise <laughs> i would be careful when uh, going after somebody like jim ross you agree with them disagree with them we we kind of i take him to task sometimes for his commentary but at the same time i would never want to be so off the mark and, and be like on social media especially if working probably for the guy because i imagine he is in some degree of talent relations there well he says he's not but Gotta be there at at least in advisory capacity. Yeah. You would think. Uh,
3: You would think, but you know. Could be one of those things where he's just sitting back.
2: Yeah. Was Bear Country on this
1: week? Bear Country was was on dark. They were on dark this week. Um
2: you know, I heard it was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I, I did watch that. Yet. I did watch Dark at uh, at your recommendation for Bear Country because you said you had heard that they did really well. Uh, yeah, they did really well. They reminded me a lot of what Heavy Machinery did in NXT, but just an amped up level of it. I I, I don't want to... That's kind of hard to relegate. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> describe it in a way that fans can kind of vision, because you do need to look this up on YouTube and watch it. Um, Also, AEW has trademarked a a new name, supposedly, for a show called Elevation. I
2: think I did see that. They're not revealing what's on it yet.
1: Right, right. No logos, no anything has really come out yet, but there is confirmation that a trio's title will be coming probably in twenty one. Trios. well they have enough factions for it you know that's right you got uh, eddie kingston the Butcher and the blade you got death's triangle you've got of course the inner circle the best friends and orange cassidy yes yeah. yeah, you certainly have enough to start with yes the question would be ooh, ooh, ooh. And maybe kenny omega and the good brothers Hmm. I don't think so. Uh, It's good to dream, though. It's good to dream.
3: It's their way of playing with their friends and not having to pay them.
1: That could probably be the most on-the-mark statement of, of them all right there. That's probably exactly what that is. Hey, since we're working together, might as well do this.
3: We can work with them, but we don't have to pay them.
1: Tony? What do you think about that? <laughs> was his Brian? Did you get a chance to catch impact this week?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Did yeah. was was Khan's commercial this week different than last week's?
2: It wasn't different. I think it was uh, probably funnier.
1: So the so the dialogue was different. I think I actually missed. Part of the commercial.
2: Oh, I mean, they're two different commercials, yes.
1: Okay, okay.
2: Um, it w- was not the same.
1: Okay. Um,
2: even Tony got into the mix.
1: Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to have to look that up as well. Well, yeah, it was a good one this week. So you got a lot of uh, required viewing, a lot of homework to do for those of you that are listening to us now. You got AEW Dark. Check out Bear Country. Um, Sheeta was on Dark. Check out her interaction with Abaddon. Um, NWA Shockwave. You've got Impact, which is available for viewing on Twitch TV. Check out uh, Tony Khan's commercial and the interaction with the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. That, as they say, is that. We will be with you again next Sunday for, hey, it's Same bad Time, Same bad Channel. We'll be talking about all things wrestling, going over, leading into New Year's Smash and NXT's New Year's Evil. What an odd name for the NXT show. That, that has a lot of different connotations, but we'll check that out. You can catch up with Brian on social media at strcp21 and at Brian Taylor over on the Facebook. Rob, they can catch up with you. Rob Hefner, C2C on the Twitter. Oh, right.
3: R-D-H-U-W-P on Instagram and then Rob Hefner on Facebook. And, yeah, I'm not anywhere else. So. You can
1: catch up with me at Stan Grub just about everywhere. And, of course, the show at C2C Radio Show on Twitter, Quarter to Corner Wrestling on Facebook, and c 2 com and dot com. got to get used to saying all these things. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. We will see you next week right here on Corner to Corner. Have a great night. Have a great holiday and a very Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you soon.